Hello, everyone. My name is Aaron Laxon. This is American Pandemic. We, um, you know, we started this podcast before the uh, pandemic really took off, 2020, and um, and then it it kind of fell flat, right? Because oh my gosh, if you were living in the United States, if you were living globally, um, this thing called COVID really took over every facet of our lives we learned what social distancing was we learned about flattening the curve we learned about a vaccine Um, we learned in some ways how to be closer together and in some ways oh my gosh it seems like we didn't learn how to be together or with each other Um, and so we felt it natural to to revisit this podcast, to relaunch it and restart it. And uh, so that's what we're doing. My name is Aaron Laxton. I am a licensed clinical social worker by training. I serve as the executive director for the Assisted Recovery Centers of America. And we really wanted to talk about, um, you know, things that impacted those living with substance use disorder, those impacted by alcohol use disorder, um, and our families, right? Um, We know that uh, addiction is not a singular thing that only impacts a person living with that. Um, Quite contrary, actually. It impacts the entire family. It impacts friends and those who really care for us. Um, and so that was the 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 desire as we got this um, got this going. I really want to talk about, you know, yesterday I received an email um, that was uh, sent out, and it was the newest um, the newest uh, overdose numbers um, from the St. Louis region. And you know, these, um, it's always quite interesting uh, to to receive these numbers because in times past uh, they have not um, they have not necessarily been in our favor. But uh, now this is reported out of Univers- University of Missouri uh, St. Louis MIMH, which is the um, the addiction science group. Uh, they serve as the data collection for pretty much the state of Missouri for SOR. Um, and so they, they collect a lot of this data. Um, credit to Brittany Blanchard and um, her team. If you have questions about this um, data, please feel free to reach out to Brittany Blanchard at MIMH.edu. And so when she sent these out, the summary reports um, for Missouri, at least in 2022, Unfortunately, 2,178 individuals lost their lives through a drug overdose. And, you know, I think that's something where I was thinking about this last night. You know, until we get to zero, uh, it's never going to be good enough. Um, You know, personally, in the last week, I lost somebody that I had worked with for, you know, more than 10 years. And uh, I I will tell you that... um, both as a clinician, but also as a person who, who just cares about other people, um, it it hits differently, right? And um, and so, yeah, in 2022, 
we've lost 2,178 individuals. Um, a, the total number of drug overdose deaths increased by 2.3% statewide. Uh, that's in 2022 compared to 21. Um, this increase was driven by deaths in the Kansas City metro area, um, which is interesting. Deaths increased by 5.5% among females um, and 0.9% among males. So this is interesting. Deaths increased by 5.5% among black Missourians, but decreased by 1.5% among white Missourians. And why did I say that's interesting? Well, St. Louis Metro was the only region with a decrease in deaths among black individuals, um, a reduction of 6.7%. And, you know, if you've been working in the St. Louis community, if you've been around, um, the challenges of really providing services in a culturally responsive way um, has been the topic of many conversations. And, you know, uh, shout out to Steve Parrish and our GROW partners and um, Urban League and, and so many other countless providers that are really in the streets um, trying to provide those services. Um, for the second year in a row, fentanyl was involved in 67%, 67% of all overdose deaths in 2022. The proportion of overdose deaths among stimulant, so those involving stimulants, um, with either that was either alone or with opioids, continues to increase. And this that is you know that's an interesting point as well, is that you know we've seen new trends emerge, where if it's only you know. If you look five years ago, we were fighting an opioid problem. We're no longer fighting an opioid problem. We're fighting a fentanyl problem. And the supply of fentanyl has, um, it hasn't gone away. Uh, in fact, you know, if you look back to COVID, um, we had an interruption in the supply. And when that interruption occurred, um, it really dealt the biggest um, blow to individuals who use drugs um, because their supply was interrupted. And so, you know, we started to see this, this increase in, um, in deaths. Um, the MIMH report goes on and it breaks it out into all of the regions. Um, you know, there's some pretty stark um, numbers, the northeastern region um, experienced a 22% increase uh, among males, um, reduction in 40% in females. Um, across Missouri, deaths among males increased by 1%, deaths among females increased by 5.5%. St. Louis continues to be the highest, um, the highest death rates. But, you know, I, I, I take 
Brittany's summary as being um, guarded optimism is that all of the resources, our partners over at the Missouri Department of Mental Health, um, all of the resources they've poured in, such as mobile units, such as respite housing, such as low barrier access to treatment, um, that all of those things taken together in their totality are starting to have a benefit. You know, the other thing is widespread access to Narcan, um, Narcan trainings, um, you know, used to be an outlier um, where folks who were coming into an RSS site or were coming into a treatment center would get that training and would leave with Narcan. And now, it's, look, it's commonplace. You can go to libraries, you can go to grocery stores, you can go to head shops, you can go wherever. And um, people are being very creative about where they leave um, Narcan. And I think that's an testament to, to people, people's creativity, but it's also a testament to harm reduction. Um, and a lot of the harm reduction work that has been done here in, in not only St. Louis, but Missouri, um, you know, it's really based on the autonomy of the person who's using drugs. And, you know, it's not for us to judge why a person is using substances. Um, that is, uh, you know, a conversation for them to have with themselves um, and with a clinician if they see fit. But really for us to provide the tools for people to keep themselves as safe as possible. Um, you know, we've heard it time and time again, dead people don't recover. And that's true. That's true. But we don't, you know, we want to steer away from fear. We want to steer away from, uh, you know, if dare taught us nothing is that, you know, trying to scare people straight or scare people into not using, it just doesn't work. Right. Um, and so, I think it's an, a testament to to people's creativity and to harm reduction. You know, look, we have a lot of room left, uh, a lot of ground to cover, particularly when it comes to stimulants and those living with stimulant use disorder. That was my substance of use. And, and so what we're hearing on the streets, uh, and that can be cocaine and fentanyl, it'd be cocaine, uh, opioids, it can be methamphetamines and opioids. Um, and look, now into the whole mix, we get a new drug that's introduced, and that's Trank, right? Xylazine. We saw this really come to us by way of Pittsburgh and from Philly, um, the, that area. And it's made its way here in St. Louis. DEA, uh, at last estimate, is reporting that, you know, upwards of 30 to 31 percent of all drugs tested now um, have trank in them and so you know part of what we're doing boots on the ground is trying to educate our folks about uh, you know fentanyl is high mortality trank is high morbidity what do i mean by that well so with fentanyl uh, the chances of someone dying are quite high especially with the drug supply you know, as it is right now. Um, with xylazine, someone can take that, you know, the way it's described to me, um, fentanyl, uh, a person may use fentanyl. They would go out, and, you know, 
their body responds to that relatively quickly. It's about 20 minutes later that the xylazine really takes hold. And so if you stack those two on top of each other, then you can really see what's problematic about it. The other thing about xylazine is that when a person falls out or becomes unconscious, that that writing reflex that the body naturally has, um, if you've fallen on your arm or fallen on a leg, um, it, it, that is thrown offline. And so now you're starting to see people who have soft tissue injuries, who have paralysis from limbs, um, to the extreme that sometimes they're needing to be amputated and things like that. And so that's what I mean by the, the morbidity is higher, right? We did a really decent job. I won't say good job, a decent job um, in, you know, the earlier years of really teaching people you don't use opioids and benzos together. Well, you know, what is xylazine? Xylazine is an animal tranquilizer and so we really have to get the the messaging across um, we're seeing more people that are presenting in hospital settings that are um, have altered altered mental status that are in psychosis that are you know just they they need higher level psychotropic medications to stabilize them or to sedate them um and it, it can present real challenges, especially if you are presenting at an ER or a hospital where that's not norm. It's not the norm to treat um, individuals impacted by xylazine. Um, and so that's what we're contending with. Fentanyl, xylazine, and stimulants. And, you know, stimulants, you know, we've seen upwards of a 25, 27% increase in deaths among that group. And, you know, a, a lot of it is, is folks that said, hey, I, I don't, I've never wanted to use fentanyl. I've never wanted to use opioids. I'm only a methamphetamine user. I'm only a crack cocaine user, et cetera, et cetera. But the drug supply being like it is, is that fentanyl is in everything. Um, and so you might have someone who only is trying to get a hold of a stimulant but by way of contamination, cross-contamination, um, they are getting fentanyl. And, and so that's the really scary part. We're doing a better job, I think, of trying to educate our stimulant users um, about having Narcan uh, and signs of an overdose or opioid exposure. Um, lots of work left to do, right? And um, so covered a lot of ground. That's kind of where we are right now um, I could definitely share the full report um, with you these are these numbers are from January through December of 2022 these numbers always are behind right and so it takes time for um, death data to to be collected and analyzed and, and those things so that is the most up-to-date numbers that we have um, and I it, uh, look I'm, I'm optimistic um, cautiously optimistic that I hopefully we will continue to see that downward trend um and look if you're in kansas city then uh, some of the resources need to really be focused on uh, on kc but that's where it really becomes a cat and mouse game of us responding and being very reactionary um and and so we'll see we'll see how that goes well look 
If you have liked this podcast, please share it. Um, please um, like and subscribe. You can subscribe to this podcast uh, on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Um, and send me a comment. Um, feel free to, to email me. Um, my email is alaxton at arkhamidwest.com. Um, I will also share it in the profile for this podcast. Um, as always, I appreciate talking to you and spending some time with you. Um, if you or someone you love is in need of um, services, regardless of your ability to pay, um, you may call 314-645-6840 or visit us online at arcamidwest.com. Thanks.